Yep. Okay, I am ready. All right. Well, I was told a couple days ago that you guys are talking about honor and respect this month. That this is your theme of the month. So today um, we're going to talk about how a young girl and also in a young man made a difference in the lives of someone very important because they were the servants of this important man. I'm just going to read a few verses from the Bible, from 2 Kings chapter 5. It's important to know where stories are found in the Bible because then, after you hear somebody speak, then you can go home and you can look in your own Bible and you can find out if the things that I say are true. Because the first thing I want to tell you is that what I have to say isn't very important. But what God has to say is very important. He has messages for all of us to receive from His Word, and He wrote it all down so that we could read it. So that if you, so if you don't read your Bible regularly, I would encourage you to start doing that, because that's one of the ways that God can speak to you. So if we can all be quiet as we listen to the reading of God's Word. This is starting in verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 5, and it says, Now Naaman, commander of the army, of the king of Syria was great and, honor, and an honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now I want to stop here and just say that leprosy um, was a disease that could cause you to lose feeling in your body. And when you can't feel something, then if your body has a problem, you know, usually if you stub your toe, if I stub my toe, then our brain tells us that our toe is injured. And so we look at our toe and we make sure that it's not seriously injured and so we can keep our toe. But often with people with leprosy, they couldn't feel their body. So they could be walking around with, say, a nail in their foot and not even know it because they would lose feeling. So this is the type of disease that Naaman had. And Naaman, he was a mighty man, he'd done a lot of great things, but he had this problem. And it was that he was a leper. And we'll continue to read here. It says, And the Syrians had gone out on raids, and had brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So we have a young girl. She was carried away from her family. So she wasn't living where she was born or raised. She had been taken away, kidnapped. And so this was not a very good situation. But God was going to use this bad situation to bring His glory. Because this girl was a good girl and she did the things that were pleasing to her master and her master's wife. And because of that, when she said, I know someone who can heal you, Naaman was willing to listen. So this is one of the main lessons that I want 
to convey to you today is that God can use you as a little boy or a little girl to even influence your teachers here. If you will live in accordance to God's will and you will submit to their authority, then when God has something that He wants you to say to them, they will respect it because they'll know that you are talking to them out of respect and not just out of a desire to be better than they are. And that's something that we can all learn. But especially as a young child and dealing with the adults in your life, it's something that you can take as an example for your own life. So let's see what happened. So Naaman went and told about told his master, his boss, about this. And so then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king read this letter, that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elijah the man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, then he sent and said to the king, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So, let's first look at this, okay? When... We as humans want to solve a problem. What's one of the biggest ways that we think we can solve a problem? Anybody have any answers? Yes? Yes? Um, well, that's true. Um, but the point, the point that I want to make here is this king, he sent money, the king of Syria, sent money to the king of Israel, and he said, heal my servant. So he thought that money was the answer. And sometimes money is the answer. If you, if you need food, and you have money, you can go to the store, and you can get food. If you need your electricity, and you pay, your parents pay the electricity bill, they can get electricity to your house. So sometimes money does solve our problems in a certain respect. And it is a good thing to have. Money is a good thing to have. But we'll find out as we continue to read that money wasn't going to solve this problem. And the, this king, of course, he was really uptight because he was like, I have no power to cure this man. Who had power to cure Naaman? Yes? God did. That's correct. Alright, let's continue to read. Okay, it says, Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood in the door of Elijah's, Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you will be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abernath and the 
Piafar, the rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away in a rage. I, this is another point I want to make. When God gives us a directive, sometimes through our parents or whatever, we think there's a better way. And we say, can I do it this way? But often, there's only one right way to do something. For instance, the Bible says there's only one way that you and I can have a right relationship with God. Because we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So what is the one way that we can come to Christ? Or come to God? It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. And today, people come up with all kinds of ways that they want to get to heaven. They think they can do it by good works. They think they can do it by going to church. And those things are good. But there will be a lot of people that did good works and that went to church every Sunday that don't make it into heaven. Why? Because the way to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And He made that possible by dying on the cross for your sins and for my sins. And then He rose again on the third day, conquering death and proving that His way was the right way. So let's, let's continue to read. And it says, So he turned away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something hard, would you have done it? How much more then shall you do what he says to you, and you will be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times into the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now I want to bring you back to this idea of honor and respect. Because he's going off in a rage. He's mad. And yet these servants must have had his respect and his honor to a certain degree because not only do they address him when he's mad, but they call him father. There's, no, there's really no greater, more intimate thing that you can call somebody than father. No closer relationship. And for those of you who don't have a good relationship with your fathers, I, I am sad for you. But I can tell you this, that if you don't have a father or you have a bad relationship with the father that you have, God has made a promise in His Word. He says in the Psalms that He will be a father to the fatherless. And that if our father and mother forsake us, He will take us up. And He is a better Father than any father on earth will be. My dad often says to me, I make mistakes, but your Father in Heaven won't. So I want to encourage you with that today, that your Father in Heaven won't make mistakes. And so, Naaman's healed. Another interesting thing I want to point out. He didn't get healed on the sixth dip into the Jordan River. He, he was still leprous when he came up for the second dip, the third dip, the fourth dip, all the way on up to the sixth. And I wonder sometimes if Naaman was, was kind of wondering, hey, I'm still as leprous on the sixth dip as I was when I went in. Maybe I should just give up. 
Sometimes that's the way we are too. We, we see a hard trial that we're going through. I know I do. And we just want to give up. But see, God always delivers on His promises. And when God spoke through Elisha and told Naaman to dip seven times, it was a guarantee that if Naaman dipped seven times, he would be healed. And it said that his flesh was made new after the seventh dip. Which means quite possibly that it was even better than it was before he got sick. I'm just going to summarize the rest of the story for you, but I would encourage you to go back and read it for yourself in 2 Kings chapter 5 when you have a chance to look in your own Bible. Now, as great as the, as great as the physical healing was for Naaman, something far greater happened. Because when Naaman went back to Elisha, and he was clean, and he gave, and he gave praise to Elisha, he also gave praise to the God of Israel, realizing that the God of Israel was the one true God. And he said something to Elisha that was important. He said, My master, the king, is going to ask me to help him to bow down to an idol. Please pray for me that God will pardon me because I will not be bowing down to that God anymore. Because I know there's a God in Israel and He's the real, true God. What happened in Naaman's body was amazing. But what happened in Naaman's spirit and in his soul was the biggest miracle of all. Naaman was a changed man on the outside, but he was also a changed man on the inside. And because of that, someday when we get to heaven... We'll get to see him, and I can't wait to, to sit down with him and hear the story from his own lips about what God has done. Now as I finish up today, I want to tell you a little bit of my own story. and Because I, I can relate a little bit to Naaman. See, I, I had a problem. I was born in May of 1979. That was a long time ago before most of you were born. But I, and, and there's nothing wrong with being born in May. I, I, I like it. I like the fact that my uh, birthday's on Memorial Day weekend, so every few years they throw parades in my honor. And I, I get really excited about, uh, when I was a kid especially, I got really excited about having my birthday about halfway between uh, the first of the year and Christmas, so I could you get presents every six months. It was a pretty good setup. But the problem was that I was born three months earlier than I was supposed to. Of course, ultimately I know that's not true because God had a plan. But when I was born, I wasn't ready completely to live outside of my mom's, my mom's body yet. So I, I lost... Um, oxygen for a brief time and because of that uh, I was I have grown up in a wheelchair and used a wheelchair from the time I can remember and uh, I came to know Jesus when I was five years old but for the next nine years I was pretty mad at him because I said God you messed up if you had given me a, uh, a healthy body then I could serve you but because you messed up there's no way I can 
do anything for you. And until I was 14, that was kind of my attitude. And when I was 13, my baby brother passed away. And I was really tore up. And I said, why did God take my baby brother and leave me here? Because I am completely useless. That's how, how bad things got for me. And I'm just glad that I wasn't able to end my life. But fortunately, that wasn't the end of the story. Because a year later, when I turned 14, I went to a conference, and the conference speaker challenged us. He said, God made you for a purpose, and you needed to thank Him for the way God made you. And when I thanked Him for the way He made me, I promised Him that I would tell as many people as I could about the gospel of Jesus Christ and about the power of Christ. That God can take anybody and use them. Because God is in the, pro in the business of using useless people. There, this book is full of useless people. And yet God used every single one of them who surrendered to Him to bring Him glory. And I am able to bring God glory despite my difficulties because of one thing. Because the power of Christ is greater than my power. Because as one of your verses said earlier in discipleship for the fourth and fifth graders, the one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. And I am here to testify to you today that the God who made a difference in my life can make a difference in you, in yours if you will call out to Him. See, we all have a problem like Naaman. Leprosy is kind of like sin. We all have it. We all have a problem. We can't get rid of it ourselves. Paul even said that he wanted to do the right thing, but he couldn't do it. Because he always found himself doing the things that he didn't want to do and not doing those things that he wanted to do. So what's the answer? Paul said the answer is the same one I mentioned earlier. That Jesus Christ gives us the victory over all of our sins. Mm -hmm. And that when we do sin as believers, He is ready and willing to forgive us at any time. Mm -hmm. So, my challenge to you is, first of all, that you would trust Christ with your life. That's, that's the beginning of the process. And second of all, that you would purpose to be like this young maid and this young servant of Naaman's who did not allow their youth, did not allow the fact that they were young to stop them from standing up for what was right and, and telling the truth. You know, they could have said to that little girl, you're just a servant girl, what do you know? And she wouldn't have been responsible for, for what they said. But she was responsible for delivering the message. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to encourage you that God has a plan for each of you. He wants to use you and He wants you to love Him and to serve Him because you love Him. Not because you have to. Because we all have a choice to make. But the choice that we make 
and the individual choices that you make will impact your future. I want to encourage you that although it's good to play games and have fun, and I want you to be a kid, that you don't have to use being a kid as an excuse for foolish behavior. That you can be an example to even the teachers in this room. And I encourage you to do that. But before, and and now I'm going to close, but as I close, I'd like to share with you a Bible story and song. And I hope that you will enjoy it and that God will be glorified. One by one, Jesse's sons stood before the prophet. Their father knew a king would soon be found. While each one passed, except the last, no one thought to call him, for surely he would never wear a crown. But when others see a shepherd boy, God may see a king. Even when your life seems filled with ordinary things, in just a moment he can touch you and everything will change. When others see a shepherd boy, God may see a king. One by one, problems come. Dreams get shattered And sometimes it's hard to understand But things like chance and circumstance They don't really matter Our Father holds tomorrow in His hands And when, uh, when others see a shepherd boy God may see a king Even though your life seems filled with ordinary things In just one moment He can touch you And everything will change When others see a shepherd boy God may see a king such is the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And do not forbid them. Father, we thank you and praise you. We know that you ordained this meeting. And we ask that you would leave, help us to leave here. Changed people. Different from when we came in. We pray this in the name of our living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm.